Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Welcome to the next edition of Checking Out the Competition, Tampa Bay Lightning edition. I almost said Tampa Bay Bolts, which would have been weird. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning edition. And I am joined by Matt Estevez from Raw Charge, which is, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning blog on the SB Nation Network. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Kelly. How about you? Great. Thank you. So both of our teams are playing right now. So... What's cool about this is everything that we say is going to be completely out of date. (laughs) Completely irrelevant in about 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone remember that if we mention some numbers or whatever that could change during the course of this podcast, but we do our best. Um, So let's get right into the questions. Obviously, the big news in Tampa right now is that Andre Vasilevsky, arguably one of the best goaltenders in the league, is hurt, which has to suck really hard for you. Um, What's the goalie situation going to look like going forward for you guys? Uh, well, Louis Domingue will be taking the starters workload, obviously. We just called up Eddie Pasquale earlier today, so we'll see how that goes. The good thing about having Domingue there is that Domingue has already been a starter with the Arizona Coyotes previously, previously in his career to mixed results, but we don't know how much of that was Domingue and how much of it was just the fact that Coyotes were a really bad hockey team at that point. Yeah. Domingue with us so far has looked more um more competent than you'd expect is uh, he's had a few ugly games but he's been more consistent overall so i mean you're gonna go from a top an arguably a top five top three goaltender to essentially a borderline at best starter and an average backup so like it's going to be a big change for yeah. The Lightning as an organization and the light- and Lightning fans as a whole. We we're kind of just sitting here going, oh, great. We just had a Vesna finalist go out. Oh, boy. Flashbacks of Ben Bishop. This is fantastic. Oh, no. Is there Have they given any indication about how long he's going to be out? Uh, from what I saw, Joe Smith reported that should be four to six weeks. Oh. Four to six weeks with a foot fracture. Hopefully, it's a hairline, so it's really small and it heals. And luckily, it's a fracture. And fractures, as I know for myself, when I fractured my, my hand, um, once they heal, you're pretty much fine. You just got to make sure they heal properly. So yeah. hopefully it heals properly. Be no, there'll be no issues moving forward. But we'll see. It's going to be it's going to be weird. The good thing is, is we're not playing any we're not playing any back to backs until sometime in December. I don't have the schedule in front of me directly, but I know we don't play any back to backs until sometime in December. So that should hopefully make it easy so we don't have to put in pass well. So it's probably just going to be ride Deming until he basically collapses. Yeah. <laughs> We do that in Philadelphia under normal circumstances, so I totally... I, I mean, you guys, for one, have the problem with goaltenders staying healthy, and then, well, you don't play defense in front of them. Hey! I'm just saying! We're friends here! I, I'm just saying! And also, the part where we talk shit about the Flyers is later in the <laughs> I'm sorry, I jumped the gun, I'm sorry. Right now, we're talking about the Lightning, so... Just to get kind of, like, big picture now at this point... um. It feels like Tampa has been a team that's like on the cusp of winning the cup 
feels like for like a decade at this point. I feel like every year it's like, this is the year for Tampa, and then they don't do it. Um, do you guys feel like the window is now and it's going to close soon? Because um, just to give people some context, um, Anton Strawman's contract is up at the end of next year. Um, Cooch's big raise kicks in next year. Vasilevsky's cheap deal expires soon. Um, so you got some stuff coming up that's going to probably alter the way your roster looks. Do you feel like this is a rapidly closing window? For this core, I think they've got basically this year to win it with this core because we have three guys coming off contracts. Strawman, Coburn, and Girardi all come off their current contracts this at the end of this season. Girardi and Coburn are more than likely not coming back. Strawman's the one question mark. He might come back might not come back it's it depends he's regressed over these past two years i wouldn't say he's regressed terribly but you could definitely tell he's lost a step uh if he wants to be as, as a third pairing guy for us for like a short-term deal basically think of girardi's deal apply it to strawman for two years basically the exact girardi deal right now apply it to strawman that would probably be like the best case scenario for him uh crowbar and girardi nope they're they're gone and that's not, I don't really think that's. No, no. That's, I, mean, I mean, Coburn's having a renaissance season right now. I don't know what his deal is. He's looked way better than we expected. And Dr Girardi is, well, well, Dan, he's Dan Girardi. That's all I'm going to say. He's, he's Dan Girardi. He's Dan Girardi. That's all I'm going to say. So as for this core as uh, in general, this is their last shot. Former-wise, uh, we have some young kids coming up. And we have Matthew Joseph who came up. We have Adam Murray who's, who, who's hopefully going to get more ice time as the season progresses and moving forward. Of course, Cooch's contract kicks in. Braden Point's going to get paid after this season. Yeah. That boy's going to get paid. He leads the team in scoring right now, I think. I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't remember, I don't know the numbers in front of me right now, but he's he's been the little engine that has driven this team forward. Stankos is my age, basically. I'm 13 months older than him, so he's he's get, he's entering closer to 30. So it's just one of those things where it's like, if, if, we're, if we're calling it as the team that's depicted right now, it's their last shot. The overall core, which is primarily on the offensive side, they've got about two, three more years before it really gets concerning. I mean, really gets concerning. Because at that point, Stankos will be 30, Johnson will be 30, Cologne will be over 30. All of our guys who are on those like medium deals for $5 million, they're, they're all going to be in the late 20s, early 30s, and it's going to be like, oh boy, we need some of the young kids to come in. And that's when the Radishes, the Kachooks, the Mitchell Stevens, that's when those guys got to start coming up. So, Yeah, I was looking at um, your guys' point standings today, just getting ready for this. And I'm like, Stamkos is like fourth in scoring on your team right now. That's incredibly obnoxious. <laughs> like, one of the guys scoring these goals. One of the interesting things with Stamkos, and it really happened last year, was Stamkos kind of changed from being a pure shooter to, to a more of a playmaker. His whole game kind of changed. And also, those two back-to-back -back leg injuries really robbed him of like the end of his prime years, where he probably could have potted another hundred-something goals, for all we know. And I was talking with some other media members in Tampa when I, at the games, and they were like, you know, honestly, Stamkos is playing fine. It's just you can tell he's 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 slightly lost a step. He doesn't have because when Stamkos first came in, Stamkos was this super dynamic skater, could just blast around people. And stuff like that. And now Stankos, he doesn't really skate around people. He'll try to go through them. He'll try to be a little more brutish in his play style. Um, and 
when that was brought up, I was like, I thought about it. And I was like, you know, you got a point. Stamkos kind of is more of like a north-south guy instead of the east-west guy. That's where we have Gord, Kucherov, Point, yeah. Joseph, all the young kids who do all those teams now. And Stamkos, I mean, he's by no means old. No. But, but it's just one of those things where those two leg injuries, I think, really kind of took took more out of him than anyone expected. And it's not to say that he's bad. It's just oh God, no. Steven Stamkos' new normal now is to be a essentially a fringe first-line center and more than likely a second-line center with point taking over for that moving forward. And that's that. That's that's kind of the sad reality of it. And I mean, he's still going to be a productive player. He's still going to be a top-six player. That's, yeah. that's de facto. But I think it's now more the sense of he's no longer going to be that, like, go-to score except on the power play with the one-timer. He's going to be more of a playmaker and, over, and an overall guy than anything else. Mm-hmm. But even still, even watching him for these first two games since they've been home so freaking much for the first part of the season, he, he, he hasn't found his groove yet. He really hasn't. He's, he's, he's been struggling a little bit with some just really odd mistakes he normally doesn't make and just hasn't found his offensive groove fully just yet. We'll see what happens when he actually does hit it. Yeah, it's like it's hard this early in the season to really like some guys are just slow starters. I mean, in like a month and a half, Stamkos could be on fire. Like, who knows? And it's also the thing of like, as a hockey player myself and anyone who watches hockey for a long time, every player in the world from freaking Hockey 101 (laughs) to the Hall of Fame, they're all streaky in some capacity. Oh, yeah. Hockey players in general, they're streaky. Like, <laughs> I mean, you guys have players on your team, just like every other team. Yeah. Why doesn't this guy score more? Then he'll start scoring out of nowhere. Why can't he do those all the time? You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> every hockey player streaky. Sometimes the puck just works for you. Sometimes it doesn't. It, it, it's literally just how the game is. It's just- kind of the best thing about hockey is that none of it makes any sense. And you can try to analyze it all you want, but sometimes things are going to happen that you can't quantify. Sometimes the puck's just going to hit the ice weirdly and it's going to bounce and you're going to be like, can I curse? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's gonna bounce you. But like, oh fuck! <laughs> like I, like I'm playing. I'm playing tomorrow night, and I'm gonna go out there. And I'm gonna do the same thing I do every single time. But I guarantee you, one time when I take the shot, it's gonna roll off the edge of my stick, and I'm like, son, a bitch. Yeah, for no reason. For no reason, just because it, no it just does that. It just does that. that. That's hockey. Hockey does random things that make you go what? Yep. And that's you why know? it's the best game, in my opinion, because it will make you completely insane. And that's fun. <laughs> I, just, I just like the fact that no matter how hard we try to make it predictable. The sport's wholly unpredictable. <laughs> like, last season, the perfect example. The Vegas Golden Knights, who everyone thought was going to be terrible. Yep. Goes all the way. And then the Washington Capitals finally get over the hump because Alex Ovechkin just says, get on my back, boys. I'm carrying you to the cup. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's fun that we don't know what's going to happen. It makes it more fun, but, okay. No, no, it makes it more entertaining. I wouldn't say fun, more entertaining. That's, Stressful for everyone involved. That's fair, yeah. Particularly people like us who are, like, contractually obligated to pay extra bits of attention. We just, it, know, yeah. Right? It makes it right. <laughs> Okay, so heading into tonight's game with the Penguins that you guys are currently playing at this moment, um, yep. you had your first little bit of bad luck with the two losses in a row um, for the first time in the season, which I mean, pretty good that you went that long without having two in a row. Um, but what do you think contributed to this little bit of a downturn, particularly considering that the losses came at the hands of the Senators and the Sabres, which is not 
than you'd expect. The Sens game was just utter crap. The team didn't play especially well. They had basically 12 minutes where they actually controlled play very well in the second period. Other than that, Ottawa basically did whatever they want. Tampa just looked off, honestly, and Ottawa took advantage of it. Buffalo, sometimes you get goal lead. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you get goal lead, and Carter Hutton absolutely just said, nah, bro, you ain't getting this W. That's basically <laughs> what happened. We lost two on the Buffalo. And, I mean, I even said in my season pre – well, I didn't, it, was an, it was a division preview. I even said Buffalo is that one team who can really cause problems in the Atlantic. I basically – I divided it into contenders and pretenders, and Buffalo was at the, t- was at the top of my list for pretenders – who, caught, who, who could possibly become a contender inside the division. Florida was the bottom of the contenders, and, well, obviously Florida's now down here and Buffalo's here. So yeah. Buffalo was always a team where I was like, if their top six clicks and their depth doesn't sink them and Carter Hutton isn't terrible in, in a full-time starter workload, the Sabres could actually be a pretty decent team. Like, they could be a wild-card team, even breaking to the top three of the division. Like, they, they could be good. And so far, I mean – the top six is playing well. The top line is fantastic. Yeah, it's Carter, so good. Carter Hutton's playing extremely well because I was really skeptical on Hutton. I was like, Hutton's always been a backup. He's done spot duty. We don't know what Hutton is, and Hutton's already an older goaltender. He's already in his 30s. So it's one of those things of like, will this be like a one-year, two-year flash in a pan for Buffalo, and then they're back to square one? So the Buffalo loss wasn't really surprising. It was just one of those, well, I guess Buffalo's on the high end of my expectations this season, which it's about time. I feel like they've been in the gutters for the last decade. Yeah. I think, uh, I think we ended up calling them um, – we put them with the Avalanche as the two teams that could be the fun losers. Where they're yeah. probably not going to do anything, but they're going to be fun to watch. I mean, Colorado is, is nothing but high octane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Colorado is literally just, like, just injecting heroin into your system and flying. <laughs> I wish every team was like that. Particularly my team, but meh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so – Speaking of that rapidly closing window, I know it's early, but it kind of seems like the battle for the Eastern Conference this year is going to be between your team, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Which of those teams do you think ends up at the top? If we're going to go with what team is better overall, Tampa. If we're going to go with what team can capitalize on momentum surges throughout the season, Toronto. It, 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 all, all it's going to take is for Toronto to feel themselves and to get everyone clicking once, and they're going to go on a, on a hot streak that's going to make the league go, oh, God. I mean, just look at look at the way they started the season. They started the season hot, and everyone was oozing about them, and only because they had played more games than any other team in the league for the first two weeks, which was bizarre. For Like, for us, we played one game, and then we were off for almost a week, and we were like, you know, Toronto's played, like, four games. We played one. What the heck? What's going on? Really? So... If we're gonna go with what teams would be more consistent and who who can finish first, Tampa. If we're gonna go with if we're gonna go with what team has the capability to take a hot streak and just blow everyone out of the water, Toronto. Because Toronto Toronto's top six is absolutely terrifying. It's ridiculous. It's, it's it's terrifying. Now our top six is good, but like it's it's one of those things where I think I think both top sixes tend to even each other out, and it comes to depth, and that's when it's going to be like, well, is, T- is Tampa's third and fourth line better than Toronto's third and fourth line? And that leaves kind of up for debate. The, our third line's finally started to heat up. Toronto's third line has started to finally do some things, but I mean, Toronto's missing their best player, yeah, so I, it's I, hard. It's hard I, to gauge them. Yeah, I feel like you guys have better defense and goaltending, and they have better offense, but not by much. So I think it'll be. I don't know. It could go either way. Yeah, it's going to be a coin flip between those two. It's going to be a coin flip. Yeah. 
and also if Boston ever gets their head out of their ass. Oh, no thanks. Yeah, if Boston ever gets their head out of their ass, Boston will 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 be a factor as they always are because their top line is absolutely terrifying. I choose uh, to believe that they will not get their heads out of their ass because I, I would like them. I would prefer them not to get their head out of their ass because <laughs> I don't like them either. But if we're, if if I'm being impartial, nah. if Boston gets their head out of their ass and gets their game going, Boston's going to have a say and a very big say. I guess. I'm, I'm just being honest here. I'm I'm trying to be an analyst here, Kelly. Work with me. No, no, no. We're we're nerd bloggers in our mom's basements. We're allowed to be completely partial. <laughs> we don't have right. to be partial. All right, all right, all right. I, I can I can accept that. Okay, good. So, <clears throat> I'm asking this question on behalf of some of the members of the Broad Street Hockey Slack chat room who for some reason care about Danny Martell. But um you guys took him, plucked him off the waiver wire when he was on his way to Allentown to play for the Phantoms. And for some reason, there are there's a contingency of Flyers fans who are extremely annoyed about losing this guy for nothing because they thought he was going to be a thing, which he likely never was going to be for the Flyers. Um, do you actually see him ever finding a spot on your NHL roster, or do you think he's just some AHL depth there just in case things go terribly wrong and you need warm bodies in your lineup? basically depth for both yeah. the NHL and the, and the AHL. He just played his first game, uh, the audible game. And the uh, lightning Twitter likes to get really like excited about super fast, small guys, Yeah, which I should, cause that's the type of player I am. But at the same point uh, I look at it, I'm just like, okay, he's fast. That, that, that just cause you're fast doesn't mean you're gonna excel in the NHL. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get that first off. Okay. Um, with Martel, Martel's got, you can definitely tell from the way he played in just that one game. He's got some tenacity to his game. Um, and he's got speed. He's got a hell of a lot of speed, but uh, he's essentially there for, for depth. It, when the lightning are healthy, he's not going to play. I mean, obviously he's not going to play. And if the if Syracuse is healthy, he's not going to play. He's literally there for injury insurance to make sure that we have a body that can actually play at that level. And I think the organization thinks he can play at that level. It's just if you put Martella in, who are you taking out? You're going to take out right. uh, Adam Ernie, who is basically Ryan Callahan light and probably has a better, um, who, who might have a better offensive ceiling than Callahan did, or you're taking out Matthew Joseph. You're not taking out Anthony Sorelli, and you're not going to scratch any other forward on that team. Let me tell you that right now. Cooper's not scratching anyone else. There's only three guys he's going to possibly scratch. It's going to be, for forwards, that is. It's going to be Ernie, Joseph, or Paquette. And I'm going to tell you right now, Paquette's not getting scratched. Yeah. So they leave you with two, two young guys. And it's just like, well, these are our actual guys. This is a guy we just picked up for, you know, just for injury situations and to put him in every now and then. So it's just one of the things where it's like, well, sorry, Martel. <laughs> I, I do appreciate the commitment that Tampa Bay has to just finding a bunch of small guys and seeing if maybe they hit on another Martin St. Louis. Well, I mean, if there's one, if there's one thing the Lightning have done exceptionally well <laughs> under the Eisenman and Breezewan administration is they have done a fantastic job of developing forwards. Mm-hmm. And we've always consistently drafted forwards that are on the smaller side. We've always drafted based off of hockey IQ first, and then everything else follows. So, and I mean, Braden Point is a clear-cut example of that. High hockey IQ. He's a hard worker. He skates fast. He knows he, he knows what to do on both ends of the ice. That, that's, that's basically the, that's the lightning forward that this organization has been looking for. And... If any team can somehow get Martell into the lineup and have Martell be can be productive, it's the Lightning. They yeah. they they've been one of the best organizations at producing forwards. Uh, defense is a different story, but we're not gonna get into that. 
We're not going to get into that. You have Victor Hedman. I don't want to hear you whine we, about we, him. We, we inherited him. We inherited <laughs> him. He came from a different era of the organization that we didn't want to talk about. It was a dark time. So speaking of this forward talent that your team is so good at developing, your roster is like stacked with dudes who make it onto highlight reels and score a ton of goals and everybody knows who they are. Like who thought that Braden point would be like a household name at this point. But like, I feel like every serious hockey fan knows exactly who he is and would love to have him on their team. But I like to ask people like you to give me one player we may not have heard of, but that you think might make an impact in the game on Saturday. I've got three. Uh, only one's kind of actually like lit up the score sheet a decent bit, especially recently. So I'll go with him first, which is Matthew Joseph. He's a rookie this season. He was with the Syracuse Crunch last year. Let, uh, I, think, I think he led them in scoring. I'm pretty sure he led them in scoring overall. Um, he's basically the little engine that could. I mean, he's not, he's not small by any stretch of your imagination. He's like 5'10", 5'11". But for a hockey player, I guess that's slightly small. But the boy is literally nothing more than an engine. He forechecks like a madman. He he's fast as hell. He's got he's got a deceptively good shot too. Like beginning of the season, he hit God knows how many posts and just couldn't get in. And then all of a sudden, he scored four goals in four games. So he he is probably the brightest prospect we have on the team right now. Some people are saying he's the next Braden Boy, and I I call them you're crazy. He's a fourth round pick. He's probably going to end up being. Maybe a 15, po- 15 goal, thirty point player, which for a fourth round pick, shit, I'll take okay. that. I'll take that any day of the week. Seriously, um, and that's still a productive player. That's still a productive, good player who can play meaningful minutes because he's playing also. He's playing penalty kill minutes as well. He's not playing power play, but he's playing penalty kill as a rookie. Wow! So that right there is like, oh, okay, this boy knows what he's doing. Um, other than that, we've got Anthony Sorelli, who's his line mate, his center. Sorelli uh, got his first taste of NHL action last season. He played 17 games at the end of the year and then got into the playoffs all the way until he got eliminated in the Eastern Conference Final. And he's basically another, another version of Joseph. Hmm. Just, just, he just, he's got a little better shot. It's basically what it is. And then the other one's Adam Ernie. He's on the fourth line currently because there's nowhere else to put him. But he's essentially, think, think of Ryan Callahan in his prime. That's essentially what Adam Ernie projects to be. Oh, that's not bad. That's what he projects to be. Whether he hits it or not, well, we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see. Okay. He, he, he's battled injuries um, off and on for the past two seasons. So, And he just he's just recently getting off of another small little injury. So hopefully he can stay healthy and just start producing. Okay. Any particular flyers you look forward to watching when our teams play? I always enjoy watching Provorov and Konechny. I always enjoy watching those two. Always. You know what's cool is like I feel like every single one of these that I've done, people say Travis Konechny. The boy can play. He's fun to watch. He's well, like it's, it's like I've seen Claude Giroux for the past decade. I've seen Jacob Vorchek for the last decade. I've seen Couturier for the last few years. Like I know what those guys bring. I know they're good. So they're just like okay, I, I know what they are. But Konechny's still young. You know, we yeah. get to see how see him blossom. Provorov's still young. Who hopefully becomes your guys like real go to on the back end. And it's just like, you know, you like, you like, you like to see the young guys like start taking a bigger role and move it more. Connect me and Provar have already been there for a year plus. So it's like, come on, let's, let's see you actually like grasp onto your role and actually like say, hey, I'm here. Fuck all of you. Well, hopefully you get good Provarov on Saturday because he's been a little, eh, thumbs up with him. We don't know what, but. No, Phil Kessel's. <laughs> oh, no. I used to, I, I mean, I do love Phil Kessel so much, but it's like. He plays for Pittsburgh. You can't. I know it's painful now, but I began to love him before he played for Pittsburgh. 
And now I've, I've always liked Phil the Thrill. I always have. He's so fun. He looks like a like a guy who repairs refrigerators and then he skates like the wind and like scores goals without even trying. It's unbelievable. He's a guy you can just go to a bar with, drink, and just bullshit the entire time. Right? He's he's that type of guy. He he strikes me as that type of guy. You can just grab a beer, just bullshit with him for like hours and then realize, oh fuck, I need to go home. Whenever somebody tells me they don't like Phil Kessel, I think that they're a crazy person. But if someone doesn't like Phil Kessel, it's probably because they were a fan who got burned by him one time, or they just don't like fun. Yeah. Which yeah. is a very large majority of the hockey fan base. Yeah, that's true. I don't know when that happened, but it seems like everybody's hating fun lately. I blame the previous generation. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. So finally, shot in the dark game prediction. What do you think is gonna happen? Uh Shot in the dark game prediction. Well, oh, I'm sorry. It was Patrick Hornquist who scored. Phil Kessel got the assist. Oh, uh, oh it was a tip. That's what it was. Um, I don't know. I hate doing these prediction things for games because they can go either way. I've literally never been right, so don't feel any pressure. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I could say Tampa's going to win, but I mean, if, if Vasilevsky was in, I'd probably be right, but Domingue will probably be in, so it's going to be one of those, oh, God. Mm. So I'll say it's going to be like a... Could be a four-three lightning win in the overtime. Oh, that's spicy. I'm gonna say that. Actually, fun fact. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. Uh, when the three-on-three -three overtime was first introduced, and the Lightning and the Flyers opened the season to to Christian that um, play style into it, I was at that game. Oh no way! I was at that game when they first did three-on-three -three overtime when Jason Garrison scored the game winner in overtime. Man, three on three was so fun before coaches figured out a way to ruin it. It's still pretty fun, but there are some good. Not coaches. as fun as it was. At no, the beginning, it was, it was chaos. It was yeah. absolute chaos. And it was just like, inject this into my veins every day of the week, please. Seriously. I'm like, yeah. At that time, I'm sitting there thinking about like, how can we have like a three on three tournament? Every single year of my life, because I really I want one coach to come out and who I want one coach to have the balls just to come out with three forwards on three on three and just say fuck it go. Oh God, that it'll is probably, it'll probably be a disaster. But you know what? It might give us something that resembles something some some kind of like big entertainment. I know the players don't like it and they really were against it like as soon as it was brought in. But <laughs> hockey, this is entertainment. It's the regular season. Like you you might as well end it with something entertaining. All right, so you're saying 4-3, Lightning, in overtime. Yep. I am going to say, because I have a pretty good record of jinxing. Yeah. Whatever I say, like, the exact opposite happens. So I'm going to go 3-1, Lightning, and hope that I have jinxed the hell out of your hockey team by saying so. Well, I mean, you probably have a better chance of being correct than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Neither one of us is going to be right, so <laughs> it's a fun guess. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just I need to see more out of Deming to see how he holds this role moving forward. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of ambiguity with high ambiguity. It's a lot of like unknown. You're just like, oh, please, defense, don't don't let him get shelled like you're letting Vasilevsky get shelled. Yeah, that's probably not great with a backup. Yeah, we've seen that quite a bit. And if Pasquale starts, Ben, <laughs> if Pasquale starts, pray, <laughs> pray. <sighs> Um, I hope no one gets hurt. Yeah. On either side. Same. 
And uh, I, I, you know, actually, here, here, here's another prediction. I'll throw one at. I hope we blow you out so bad you fire your fucking coach. Oh my god, that's the <laughs> thing anyone's ever said to me. I know. <laughs> I've seen yours and Steph's tweets. Yeah. <laughs> you're saying I hope we blow you out just so Ron Hextall fires. Oh, <laughs> Dave Hextall. What a sweet boy you are. And, then, and, then, and, and then maybe you won't get really, really fucking dumb quotes about the penalty kill looking good when the percentage is absolutely fucking atrocious. Oh, God. I, uh, yeah. Visually, it looks better. So, but visually, it looks better. Visually, it looks better. And that's what's important. Numbers are for nerds. Visually, it looks better. <laughs> all right, so that's all we have ahead of this game on Saturday, another Saturday afternoon game, which, I don't know, do you like afternoon games? I love them, but nobody else does. I'm kind of indifferent. Yeah. I mean, as for home games, it's kind of annoying because usually, like, I mean, I usually show up about two hours early to the games anyway. Mm. So, like, I, I, when it's, like, Saturday afternoon games or Sunday afternoon games, I wake up. <clears throat> do my morning stuff. And then by noon, I'm like, Oh fuck, I have to get dressed, <laughs> put, put, put the clothes on and then head out and then come back. And then, cause here's the thing, like after games are done, I don't usually leave the arena until like an hour and a half, two hours after the game's over. So I do the yeah. recap, you know, press conference, recap, do the recap. <clears throat> and then I drive home. There's no one on the road. Cause it's like 1130, 12 o'clock at night. No one on the road. Afternoon games on the weekend. I get out of there. It's like six, seven o'clock in downtown Tampa. And I'm just like, there's traffic. Why is there traffic? I guess it's different when you you get to watch on your couch in your pajama pants. I mean, it's a road game, so I'll be just be sitting there, you know. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we've got Tampa Saturday, one p.m. Should be a fun one. Let's go Flyers. Let's go Bolts. <laughs> Hey guys, this is John Stolness from The Good Fight and the Phillies podcast, Hitting Season. Man, the 2018 season was, well, it was interesting anyway, and the upcoming offseason looks to be even more interesting. So if you want to stay up to date on all things Phillies this offseason, subscribe to The Good Fight podcast feed and get my podcast, Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Klintak and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get continued success, a Phil's podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. And you'll get bonus podcasts every time big news is made with the team. Seriously, if you want to stay up to date on everything revolving around your favorite baseball team as they return to contention, make sure you are subscribed to the Good Fight podcast feed.